All right, guys, let's, uh, let's all have some fun and look into God's Word today. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to be looking at verse number 8 this morning, 8, 9, and 10. I've had several people in our church in the last month or so ask me a question. Different people asking me the same question. And I am going to answer that question today. And that question is this. How do I know what God's will for my life is? I think that many of us are willing to do whatever God wants us to do, but we just don't even know what it is, okay? So we're going to answer that today, and I think we're going to be really encouraged. So let me just say, first of all, that God is amazing. The creator of the universe created something inside of each one of us that if we each do our part, that we're going to see, to see incredible things taking place. We just passed Easter this, this last Sunday and the glorious resurrection, the day that Jesus raised from the dead. And we know because he was raised, we're all going to be raised. But the question is this, is that all there is to it? Just getting saved and then we're going to go to heaven. Is that all there is to it? Um, a great big fat no. There's more than that. Okay, and we're going to find out what that is today. And God saved us from our sins. Absolutely but there's more. Ephesians 2, verse number 8 is going to tell us what more is. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace is getting more than we deserve. None of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve forgiveness. It all came through grace. It says, and not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works. We're not saved by what we do so that no one can boast. But verse number 10 is where we're going today. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This verse tells us something. These three verses tell us something. We are saved by grace, but that's not the end of it. The goal is not just to be saved, but the goal is to make something meaningful out of our life. And God has something in store for us to do for Him that he has planned since the beginning of the world. So do you know what that means? It means you have value. You have purpose. Your life is important. The devil will tell you contrary, but I want you to know you have value. And it just really means that when you look at this verse, that you and God get to work together to do something that is going to be supernatural. You, you, you. Sue, I just looked at you. Sue, you and God. Isn't that awesome? To me, I just get excited about that, knowing that God and I are going to partner together. And how do I know that? Because that's what the Word of God says. That He has something in store for each one of us to do. So, so why are you still on this earth? If we didn't believe that, why are we still on this earth? You see, if just being saved was all there was to it, then don't you think God in His mercy, as soon as we give Him our heart, that He would just let us die so we could go to heaven? I mean, that's what, logically, that's what would happen. As soon as Rachel gave his life to Jesus, God said, okay, your name's in the book of life, you're dead. But there's more to life than that. God has something planned for us. He has, has a purpose for our life. And I just want us to see that it comes right out of the Scripture. So what is our purpose? Uh, we, we are uniquely made. You know, Ashley feels that God is calling her into missions. I'm not. 
Does that mean that she's better than me? No. Does it mean I'm better than her? No. It just means we're unique. Wes has a call into music. I don't. Does that mean he's better than me? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm not better than him either. We're just unique. If we all had the same gifts, if we all had the same ministry, if we all were the same person, then most of us would be unnecessary. So God has made us uniquely for a reason. And just imagine what would happen if everybody in the body of Christ, ah, let's be more specific, if everybody in this church lived by verse number 10, and we realized that we are not just saved to get to heaven, but we are saved knowing that God had created something for us to do before the world even began. And we would do it. And if we would do it, we would just see amazing things happen. You know, this, this, uh, yesterday, I was watching the NCAA tournament. Anybody watch the basketball yesterday? Wow. Four people. It was amazing because I like basketball. There were the bigs. They call them the bigs. Okay, the bigs. And they're underneath throwing elbows like crazy, and their job is to get rebounds and put them back in. Then there's the power forward. And their job is to, to break to the hole and try to, you know, crash into people and, and, and do some kind of slam dunks. That, that's their job. Then, then on the side, there, there are the guards. And the guards are there and they're there to penetrate and they're looking for somebody to pass to, somebody that's cutting through. And, and then there's the, the point guard, the shooting guard. And, and, and they all have a, a different purpose. And I'm watching the games. I'm saying, man, these guys are awesome. And when everybody does their purpose, guess what? They get a basket. That's what happens. And then, uh, you, you know, a lot of us did our brackets. You know, it's, it's so frustrating to me because I think I know about basketball. And I, I did my bracket with many of you, and my bracket was destroyed the first day. I picked Michigan State. I was trying to go Big Ten. I picked Michigan State to win it. You know what? My wife is still in it. And you know why she's still in it? She likes the color of the uniforms of North Carolina. Well, that's ridiculous. And, and, and Wes just told me today that he was over next door, and, and of all the youth in there, all the youth, they, they filled out a bracket for the March Madness, and there's only one who has the top two teams. It's Hannah Gross. <laughs> Hannah, how did you choose this? Do you, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. It, it is fun just, just, just to do these kinds of things, but when you watch basketball and you see everyone doing their part, Boom, victory. Folks, when the church, you, me, do our part, we're going to see amazing things happen for God. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing everything that's going to happen. See, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, he said, I've been working hard. I've been serving God. I've been loving the Lord. I've been beaten. I've been stoned to death, almost to death. I've been shipwrecked. I'm tired. And he said, you know what? I would just like to die and go to heaven. Have you ever felt like you would just like to die and go to heaven? But then he goes on to say, he said, but it's better for you that I stay on the earth because I am here to be a blessing to you. If all of us would have that attitude that every decision we make, everything we do, whatever, however we use our talents and abilities, that it's not just for us, but it's to bless those around us. And Paul was saying that everyone, here's what he's saying about himself. Everyone around me should be better off because I'm still on planet Earth. 
because he's going to use his talents and abilities for the glory of God. And when he uses them for the glory of God, he's going to be a blessing to everybody around him. Folks, I, I just, I get excited about this because I realize that God has still left me, allowed me to be on the earth for a reason. And that reason is not just so I can go to heaven because I'm already going to heaven. I am still on this earth to be a blessing to those around me. And so are you. So are you. Joe, I just looked at you. So are you. Okay? To be a blessing. You better not catch my eye because I might call you out today. Okay? Just, just feel like it. So, so imagine this. The creator of the universe created something inside of you that if you use these gifts, that you're going to be a blessing to everybody around you. That's, that, I just want to encourage you in that here today. You know, I, I was at, at Subway taking a real long lunch this week, and I'm just typing away, just going crazy over there. And, you know, I rented, rented my booth for the price of a drink. And I'm over there, and all of a sudden, a godly man from our community, I'm not going to give you his name, some of you might know him, He's not a part of our church. He came to me, and we're just talking back and forth and just having a great conversation. I said to him, sir, I said, I just want you to know, I really appreciate your spirit. And he backed up. He says, whoa, it's not me. He said, I'm just the middleman. Oh, I love that. I'm the middleman. All of us are just the middleman. God wants to bless everybody, and the way he's going to do that is when he works through your life to be a blessing to everybody else. We're just the middlemen. And if we get that into our heart and to realize what Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, that he prepared something for us before the worlds were created, awesome. We're going to see some great things. So I want to come and get some of the excuses this morning that keep people from doing what God wants them to do. Okay, you ready for this? Have you ever heard this? I'm too young. We look in the scriptures. I'm too young. We look in the scriptures and we see Josiah. Josiah was a godly, godly king, and he was eight years old. How many of you in this room are at least eight years old? Okay, we're not too young. Uh, Samuel, Samuel was laying in bed one day, and you know the story. Samuel, and he went to Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. Samuel, I didn't call you, Eli says. Samuel, here was God. God was calling him into a lifetime of ministry, and Samuel was 10. Folks, I want you to know you need to pray over your children because God can speak to your children at a very young age and call them into ministry, call them into a life of service for the Lord. And I'm not even talking about full-time ministry. I'm just talking about being a believer. God can speak to these children, 10 years old. There was Esther. She was, she was a queen, a queen at a very young age. And, and God called her and used her. And, and even though she was young, I used to have people say, Dan, you're too young to be a minister. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> and then people say, I'm too old. I'm too old. I'm tired. Let somebody else do it. Ugh. Moses was 80 years old when he led the people of Israel out of Egypt. 80. 80. Well, Pastor Dan, I'm older than that. Okay. Let's try Caleb. Caleb was 85 when he took the, the hill country and destroyed all the giants. 85 years old. And he said, I feel like I have the strength of a 45-year-old. I don't think he really did, but he thought he did because of the power of God. Well, Pastor Dan, I'm older than 85. All right. Abraham, are you ready? He had a baby at 90. How many of you would like to do that? Don't you ever say you're too old. 
Don't you ever say you're too old. You are not too old to do what God has called you to do. And then some people say, well, here's another excuse. I'm serving God, but I don't see much fruit. Timothy, Paul said, stir up the gift within you. Timothy, the gift is in you. I, I, I was there when I laid hands on you and the power of God came upon you. The gift is in you, stirred up. You got lax, you got lazy, you got tired, you got complacent. You're coasting, Timothy. Timothy, rise up and be the person God called you to be. Mm, I can preach on that one. You know, fanner to flame, it says in that, in that same 2 Timothy chapter 1. Timothy, fanned into flame. You ever build a bonfire? I mean, if you want to build a bonfire, it's easy. You just throw a bunch of gas on it. I don't recommend that, but, but, but it works. We need, to, we need to understand God has gifted us right here. God has called us. Each one of us have a purpose and where there's gifts inside of us. And we need to allow God to just throw some Holy Spirit gas on us and light us up again. Whew, that's a good one. And then some of us say, I can't speak, I can't speak, I'm not good, I can't do it. And Moses is a prime example in the scripture. And, and consider this for you. Maybe God doesn't want you to be a speaker. Or consider this. Maybe he wants you to be a speaker, and he's going to help develop that even though you're not a speaker right now. You've seen my wife up here often, and she'll just talk, 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 right? That's what Marcia does. She's, she, it's a gift. When, <laughs> we're talking about spiritual gifts. When, but when she was in college, young people, I want you to know that she stood up in her college class, speech class. She had to give a speech, and she got so scared, she passed out right in front of the class. Teacher gave her an A. I said, are you serious? I don't even want to tell you what I got. But God was developing it. All Moses was saying when he said, God, I can't speak, all he was doing was making an excuse so he wouldn't have to do what God called him to do. He was just making excuses. And God wanted to rise him up. So let me just put it this way one more time. Simply put, you can do anything God calls you to do. You can't do anything you want to do, but you can do anything God calls you to do. I wanted to play baseball, just didn't have the time. I'm sure I'd have been great. Okay, just want to see if you're out there yet. If God calls you, He will equip you. you. You can't sit back and say, but God, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. And God says, would you just stop it? Did you ever tell your kids, quit whining? Just stop it? God says, if I call you, don't worry about it. I'm going to equip you. And if you follow my timing, I will give you the time, I will give you the opportunity, I will give you the knowledge, I will give you the know-how, I'm going to give you what you need. Just stop making excuses. And that's what he's saying to us today. What God is really looking for are a bunch of fat Christians. Fat. Faithful. Available. And teachable. And if we are a fat Christian, aren't you glad God wants fat Christians? And if God wants you to be fat, faithful, available, and teachable, if you are that kind of person, then you better get ready because God has a ride for you. Don't limit God. Amen. Don't limit God. But pastor, how do I know what God wants me to do? 
I'm glad you asked that question. Isaiah, Isaiah had a great encounter with God. And he was already, get this, in Isaiah chapter 6, he was already a prophet of God. He was already in full-time ministry. He was already getting his paycheck, being a prophet. He was serving God full-time. I mean, he was the man of the day. But something happened in chapter 6. Because in chapter 6, he had a fresh encounter with God himself. And when he saw God for really the first time, when he saw God, he saw himself. You see, when you see the holiness of God, you see the inadequacies of your own life. And then he said what we should say, woe is me. When you compare yourself with God, stop comparing yourself with Durf, compare yourself with God. And you compare yourself with God, and all of a sudden he's way up there. We realize we're way down here, and we have a response, woe is me. So God took an angel vision here, took an angel, took a coal from the altar, a place of sacrifice, placed it upon his lips, and now God said, okay, Isaiah, I have something in store for you to do, and I want to know if you're going to do it. Isaiah, whom shall I send? And Isaiah now was ready because he saw the Lord. He had the sacrifice in his life. And he said, Lord, send me. He was faithful. He was available. He was teachable. And God used him in a great way. So we need a fresh encounter with the living God as well. But we also need to stop listening to the enemy of our soul that's going to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. You see, here's what Satan does. He throws doubt at us says something like this. God didn't really say that about your future. That was just you wishing. Or that is way too big for somebody like you. Making you just feel... How about this? Let someone else do it. How about this? You're going to start that and you're going to end up looking like a fool. So then the devil says, why don't you just stop before you even start? How many of you have ever heard the devil say that? I want you to know, he is a big fat liar. Not faithful, available, teachable, but he's a big fat liar. So let, let let me just say, we are not to listen to Satan anymore. And I have scriptures that, that I could give you the reference for, but let me just tell you what the God's, God says about you, God's Word. He says, for each one of you, me too, you are created for ministry. You are saved for ministry. You are called into ministry. I have scriptures for all these. You are gifted for ministry. You have authority for ministry. You are commanded for ministry. You are to be prepared for ministry. You are needed for ministry. You are accountable for ministry. And you're going to be rewarded for ministry. I have scriptures to back up every one of those statements. Folks, I want you to know he's not talking about clergy. He's not talking about full time. He's talking about the body of Christ doing what God wants us to do. And you're going to be able to do things and reach people I could never do in 100 years. So, Pastor Dan, can you give me a hint on how to know what God wants me to do? I use the early part of this sermon just to to remind you that God has a plan and purpose for each one. But how do we get specific? Well, I think it goes without saying. Seek God's face. Live a pure life. Ask 
But then consider this. Consider your shape. S, spiritual gifts. I got some of this from some other sources. A lot of this is mine. Spiritual gifts. Each of us, folks, are uniquely designed for a reason and a purpose. And listen to what God said to Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 4. Here's what he said. And I'm going to be specific here. Jacob, here's what God says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Before you were born, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you were born, I had a specific plan for your life. Jacob, I believe that for you. Spiritual gifts. Things inside of you that will take over, the, the power of God will take over. When God calls you to do something and you immediately say, I can't do that. That's awesome. Because you know what? You're absolutely right. You can't do it in your own strength. So God gives you spiritual gifts that's going to equip you and to help you. So, so basically, it means this. Practically, start experimenting with different ministries and see where you fit. If you don't do anything, you'll never know what you can do. If you just sit, you won't know what your spiritual gifts are. But when you start getting involved and start doing something, then, then you, you'll start to know. For me, I thought, you, you guys know this story, I thought I was going to be a high school uh, teacher. I was going to teach industrial arts. I was going to teach. Guess what? I felt God called me to teach. I felt God wanted me to be a teacher. What do you think I'm doing right now? You know, it, it's the spiritual gift. You just put yourself in position and start serving him. And I started teaching VBS. I started teaching Kids Church. I started teaching Royal Rangers. I started teaching in different areas of the church. And when I was in college, I would go out on teaching assignments. I was not preaching, but I was just teaching and just helping out. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it happened except the call of God. And here I am today because I begin to experiment with my spiritual gifts. This is good stuff. The letter H stands for heart. Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the heart, another word for that in this context is my passion. What are you passionate about? What gets your motor running? What just drives you nuts? What, what are you excited about? And, and, and God doesn't want you to ignore these, these, uh, these tendencies inside. They're inside of you for a reason and a purpose. There's some things you're excited about. You know, you see Joy up here weeping because of Teen Bible Quiz. I love these kids, and I love Teen Bible Quiz. Did you see me weeping over this? I love it, but that's her passion. It's awesome. My passion is for something else. So, so that's my heart, and that's what we need to say. What, what, what motivates you? What gets you going? Or, or, or is there an area uh, out there that just drives you nuts? I wish somebody would do that. I wish somebody would fix that. That's probably God calling you to do it. Aren't you glad you came today? All right. How, how about the A, the abilities? I, lo I love in Exodus 36 where they're building the tabernacle in the days of Moses. And get this, and, and, and you, you'll, get the, you'll get the picture. So Bezalel and 
Oheliab, aren't those great names? And he goes on, I'm reading, every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. Right here, God skilled them and gifted them and gave them abilities in how to shape wood, how to shape stone, how to make curtains, how to form gold, all these practical things in building a building, a building like this. God skilled people, gave them ability to do that kind of stuff. And some of us might say, well, I don't think it's very spiritual that I know how to you know, form a sidewalk. Well, if you're walking in the mud, it sounds pretty spiritual to me to form a sidewalk. Okay, So God skills us. A report said that every individual has between 500 and 700 different skills. I mean, think about it. I, I know how to cut a piece of chicken. I mean, that's a skill. I mean, we're talking about little things. Um, I, we know how to do things. I know how to drive a car. I can remember where I'm going when I'm out. And, and, and God gives us different skills, and we need to match our skills with the right ministry. But get this. You need somebody in your life that's going to help you to decide, is this really an ability, or is this a fantasy of my own imagination? Like American Idol. Somebody needs to say to these people, you cannot sing. Okay? <laughs> So somebody needs to be around you and say, you know what? Maybe you should allow your spiritual gifts to try a different avenue. Okay. And then there's the personality part. In Psalm 139, verse 14, here's what David said. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Here's, here's, here's what David is saying. Lord, I praise you because I am different than everybody else on the planet. And God is a God of variety. Just look around. I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of really strange people. And you're looking at one strange person. We're all strange. We're all individual. We're all unique. It doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us wrong. It just makes us us. And, and we need to understand that, that we are unique, and, and God has a real sense of humor, but he makes you like you for a reason. And there is no wrong personality to be used in ministry. Oh, you can knock off some rough edges. But some of you, uh, you just, just go out there and say, okay, God, you made me this way. Now I'm going to try to make me the best I can be with your help, but I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to do what you asked me to do. And this is my kind of personality. And then our experiences. Romans 8, 28, you know that, that verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Never waste an experience. God will use your experiences to be a blessing to somebody else. It might be educational. I mean, what were your favorite classes in school? Um, don't say lunch, okay, I know that. Um, what vocational, what jobs have you enjoyed and what have you been really, you, you, you've seen fruit. You know, if you, if you did something and really just, just excelled and there's probably something in that, that that God is using your abilities and talents and all that and he's using that for a reason. Or how about spiritual times? What are some of the most spiritually effective times you've had with God? 
How did that change you? Or, or how have you served God in the past? You know, either in a local church or just out in the world somewhere. What experiences have you had that's going to help you today and tomorrow? How about pain, painful, minis- uh, painful experiences? What problems or hurts or trials have you had that you have learned from that you can help and bless and encourage someone else? It's all part of our shape. It's all part of who we are. Everything that we've been involved with has helped forming us. So the early part of this message today is that God has a plan for you, and now we're trying to help you be a little more specific, and God will use you to be a blessing to Him and to others. See, Jesus said in John 15, verse 16, here's what Jesus said. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I am a firm believer that fruitfulness is a result of a good ministry fit. And God has a fit for us. He has us, he wants to put us, can I just put it in a, in a, a way we might understand. He wants to put the right people in the right seat, doing the right thing. And when we're all in the right seat, and when we're flowing in our spiritual gifts and our passions, our desires, and we're just going to try something, we're going to experiment, we're going to serve God, we're going to serve people and love people, when we all fit and we're all on the bus, wow, we're going to get somewhere. And that's what God wants. Folks, I'm not preaching this today because I'm trying, we, we're missing workers in our church. That is the furthest thing from my mind. I'm preaching this today Because I know God's word says he has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And as your pastor, I want to see you involved in doing what God has called you to do. I don't want to waste time. Guys, you know how old I am. I I, I want my time to matter. I want to make a difference. I want to finish strong. I want to use my life serving God and serving people. And whatever that means for you, I don't know. You're going to have to find your own shape because God shaped you. And now he's stirring you and he will equip you. And you're going to be like Paul and say, man, I'd rather go to heaven, but you know what? It's better for you that I stay here because I'm going to be a blessing in your life. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.